I am not speaking this morning. It's a fifth Sunday, and we are blessed and honored to have our young, young minister, young, much younger than us, uh, Melinda Lovell, is going to be speaking here in just a moment. Uh, in the meantime, let me just share what's happening this week. You may have seen the banner out there. Uh, this is our week of prayer, and technically it's not a full week. It's just like four days, but it begins Tuesday night. So from 6 to 7, it's usually about an hour. I'm not going to limit the Lord if he shows up and wants to extend it, so be it. But uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night right here. And then Friday, say Friday. Friday. We have been invited to attend a special service or a special time of prayer with all of the churches in the north, the AG churches. And this is going to be at uh, Life Christian Worship Center, or Life Worship Center in Sheboygan, Michigan, and we're going to get together with all our friends, and we're going to start with pizza and snacks at 5.30. Yeah, it's a win-win, and then we're just going to have a time of praise and prayer and just soak in the Lord and let the Lord do what he wants to do. So there's going to be a whole bunch of pastors there and their churches, so uh, if you would like to go with us, we're thinking about taking the bus, but I have to have 20 people sign up. Where are the sign-ups? They're out there. There's one on the table, one on the guest service desk. So if you want to go and you want to go on the bus, please sign up, put down there how many are in your family that are going to go. And if we hit 20, we will take the bus. <laughs> if not, we're going to carpool, So, because it's just not worth driving that. All right, and that's it. So, yeehaw. Are you ready? I'm ready. Everybody give Melinda a warm welcome this morning. Am I on? There we go. I was advised not to have my mic and this mic on at the same time. So, good morning, everybody. I am finally Pastor Melinda Lovell. Thank you very much. Um, and like Pastor Norm said, I am the youth pastor here at The Hope. And I just want to welcome you all. You guys are like, what are they doing? You'll figure it out. Quit getting ahead of me. So today is December 31st, New Year's Eve. And how many of you have set New Year's Eve resolutions? Okay, well then. How many of you have set resolutions before, but like a week into it, you're like, I'm done. Eating better, a favorite of mine, quitting drinking pop, more time with the Lord, another favorite of mine, exercise more. We start out so enthusiastically, but that quickly turns to forget that. Why though? Why do we so easily fall off the goals that we so carefully in the months leading up to the new year? took so much time and consideration to perfect. And that's what we're going to look at today. But before we get into that, I just want to open with a word of prayer. Generally, Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for this opportunity to bring the word to your people. Um, I pray that you would just use me as a vessel and that it would be you speaking and not me, and that this message would impact hearts and change lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So I think the most common New Year's resolution might be to be a healthier you. Um, 
we're so determined in the beginning, aren't we? I'm going to, we say. We don't start off the new year with, I think I'm, gonna do, I'm going to. The first thing that we have when we make a resolution, did it show up? Okay, there we go. It's not on the back. I was lost. Is determination. Something in our life has us knowing we need to make a change. We went to Virginia this past year, and one of our favorite things to do while we're there is to climb a few mountains that we frequented. Now, we did this pretty regularly when we lived there, but since moving to Michigan, there's not that many mountains that we can really climb here. So, you know. To say I was out of shape would be probably an understatement. Like, I was huffing and puffing the whole way up all of those. I'm pretty sure Ellis almost died at one of them. It was, it was a whole thing. We have a favorite spot, though, and this is sh the top of Sharp Top. Um, it's one of our favorite spots. It's the first mountain that we climbed when we moved to Virginia. It's a about 4,000-foot peak, and the hike is filled. And I just want to say, 4,000-foot peak, you're like, dang, you guys hiked 4,000. No, we started halfway up where the parking lot is. <laughs> but... This hike is um, filled with a nice little dirt trail to start off with, unassuming. You're like, I, I got this. And then it's followed by some stairs that you're like, all right, all right, I'm feeling in my legs. Followed by some actual mountain scaling, followed by some more steep stairs. You get my point. <laughs> As an adult, you make it to the top and you're like, <sighs> you're exhausted. You sit at the top, taking in the view, you catch your breath, and then reality sets in. I gotta walk back down this thing. <laughs> Our friends have three little girls. Uh, Five-year-old Talitha, who's obsessed with Aaron. She would not leave his side. And at the time, the two younger ones, their three-year-old twins, Charlotte and Lucy. They wanted to go hiking Sharp Top with us. It's something that we did with their parents when we lived there before they had kids. Holly is about four months pregnant in this photo, by the way. So they were told, we are not carrying you up the mountain. You have to walk. We were doing so great. We were, you know, on the dirt trail, and then as soon as the stairs started, we heard, Mom, my legs hurt. Holly said to them, no, we told you we can take as many breaks as we need to, but you have to do it yourself. Velik, their dad, looked at them and said, you are strong. Your body can do this. You know it can. Such a profound statement to tell such three, three such little girls, you know? But as I was walking, one of the three-year-old twins, Charlotte, she came up behind me, and as she did so, I heard her say with her little fist clenched, I am strong. My legs are strong. She was passing me, by the way. <laughs> she was strong. They walked all the way up the mountain, and when we got to the top, as all the adults were trying to catch our breath, they ran around like they had all the energy in the world. Two of the three took naps on the way home. One went to bed at her normal time. And I'm like, I will pray for you, Holly, because that's a lot of energy. 
Determination is very important when setting our goals. It reminds me of Matthew 26, 41. For those of you who don't know, this is when Jesus is in the garden and he asks um, his disciples to pray with him and they keep falling asleep. How many has been there? But he says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That brings us to our second point. Step two in achieving your goals, have a good support system. These girls learned a valuable lesson early. I like to call it the Matthew 26, 41 lesson. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. They only learned it through the wisdom of their parents, though. My mom used to say, be careful who you hang around because you will turn into them. And inevitably, I would roll my eyes and be like, I'm my own person. But it's true. Turns out, dang it, mom was right. If I'm around anyone from my family in Texas for any amount of time, I don't even have to be around my family. It's kind of this weird thing when I cross the state line, my southern accent just comes back full-blown. And then I have to deal with Aaron uh, repeating everything that I say in his best southern accent. Just like if he gets around anyone from the UP or Canada, I start repeating him in my best youper. He goes into that A real quickly. Just saying. As funny as this example is, though, it does translate into other areas of our lives. I used to be a part of a Bible study full of seasoned Christians who were intense prayer warriors. The lady from War Room had nothing on these ladies. I found myself cleaning out a closet and setting up my own war room, going to war in prayer for whatever God told me to that day. I was going after the things of the Spirit, actively walking in healing ministry, so much so that at God's leading, I would walk up to people in stores and say, can I pray for you to be healed? When I got a job, unfortunately, I could no longer make the meetings. That intense prayer and fire I once had for healing ministry and warring in the spirit started to fade. I didn't have my encouragers around me who would, when I would get exhausted, pray for me to be filled again, encourage me to keep going. They would drop whatever they were doing to make sure that I was filled with the spirit at all times. They were the example 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says. Therefore, encourage one another, build one another up, just as you are doing. That's exactly what these women did. Having a support system not only gives you encouragement, it keeps you going, but more importantly, it keeps you honest. If you have no one to be accountable to, who knows if you fall off your goals. During the canoe marathon, I was the team lead for Aaron's support team. It was my job to coordinate his support team to make sure that he and his partner got their food and their waters at the proper times. But I think more importantly, it was also our job to tell them what place they were in, if they were close behind. Um, I remember at one point I was like, if you book it, like light a fire under your butts, you can pass the team that's right in front of you. But that was part of being part of his support team. But more importantly, it was just to encourage them along the way, to cheer them on. And Aaron mentioned to me later how important it was to have 
me and all of us going alongside of him throughout the race, but not just at the race, in the months leading up to the race. When he would get home from work exhausted and be like, I really don't want to go out paddling today, and I'm like, you know, but you won't be ready for the marathon. And uh, just to give you like an example, he paddled for, I think it was 17 and a half hours straight, just no stops. I mean, he, he um, did portages, so he had to climb over a dam, so he had to carry his boat with tired arms. It's not an easy task, so being ready, kind of important. <laughs> Having accountability for our goals helps us to actually achieve them. Aaron didn't just do the marathon, though. He broke it down into smaller steps, smaller goals, more achievable. Step one, find a partner. This is him and his partner, Ian, who is from Canada. So I made fun of Aaron's talking a lot this summer. <laughs> Step two, buy a boat. This is Aaron's first boat. Um, this is Aaron's second boat. And he's getting ready to buy a third. So it's ridiculous in my house right now. <laughs> Step three, start paddling. This is taken at one of his smaller races. He started by going up or downstream for maybe an hour, then he would go upstream, building up his stamina, started competing in smaller canoe races, um, breaking the bigger goals into smaller ones. This is him. Um, they were doing sprints to find out what their starting place was for the actual race. Um, we don't have a very good picture of him uh, finishing the race because I was screaming and going, ah! it's all blurry, so, so sorry. But this is him doing the sprints, him and his partner, for the race. And they finished, um, I think it was, uh, I want to say 120 people started, and they were 95 out of 96 finishers. So it's a huge, huge accomplishment. Good job, Aaron. So breaking our big goals into smaller ones, along with having a good support team, it will help you stick to your goals. Now for two words that I know nobody likes. Self-control and discipline. Puts a bad taste in your mouth just saying it. Coming home after a long day of work where you're just, you just want to relax, it's not bad. Unless you're training for a marathon. You might want to actually practice, right? I'm going to get probably flack for this next part, but listening to secular music isn't bad unless you're trying to get closer to God. And you've made a goal to worship him more in the new year. What it boils down to really is we want our cake and to eat it too, right? We want to do what we want when we want, but we don't want the repercussions of that. We want to eat the cake without gaining the pounds. <laughs> I know what you're all wondering what these ladders are doing behind me. And I, I wanted to show this. I guess I should have told you guys to face, have them face each other. But that's okay. I can do it. So it's for this. I'm going to scoot them a little bit further apart. We start climbing the God ladder because we want to get closer to God, right? And then we were like, oh, man, I don't know if you guys are Taylor Swift fans, but I am. Lar Laramie's like, be quiet right now. 
Just stop talking. I don't know many of Taylor Swift songs, but there's a few albums that I do know. And when I listen to one song, it's like all of a sudden I'm in a full T-Swift mood. And before I know it, I've been like listening to Taylor Swift for a week. And I'm sure Aaron can tell by my attitude <laughs> that it's changed because I haven't been listening to my worship music. I haven't been praising God. I haven't been, you know, getting in the word as much because I'm, I am doing what we all do. I'm going after God while going after the world. And it's dangerous. <laughs> like, if I'm trying to balance on, you know, I, if we had two 12-foot ladders, this would get real, real scary real quick. <laughs> but that's the point. You guys are scared I'm going to fall, but this is your life. We, to the exhaustion of ourselves, try to balance on both ladders, and you can't. Now I'm going to try to get down from here before I kill myself. <laughs> thank, you, thank you for keeping me safe, Lord. Thank you. That's the Lord. Sometimes it's little things that get to us. It's just a song. Or is it? And that was a, a reference, you know, a, a conviction of mine. I'm not saying down with all secular music. All you should listen to is Christian music. You should only praise the Lord. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying for me, that's what it is. Because music has a, a deep connection with me because my family is very music, like, musically inclined. My dad plays guitar. All my sisters sing. Some of them better than others. Um... But for me, it changes my attitude, and I can, there's a physical um, ability to see that. Little things add up, and they come, become big things. Again, one song is just a song, until I've been listening all week, and I haven't listened to any praise music. These things in themselves are not bad, unless you're focused on spending more time with God and worshiping him more in the new year. 1 Corinthians 6.12 All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. And I really like, this is the ESV, and I really like how it puts it. It says, I will not be dominated by anything. I have been known to physically say out loud, no, you're going to put on praise music because... That's what you said you were going to do. Even though my secular playlist is like, you're cleaning, it's fine, just put on some secular music. I've also been known to audibly tell myself to get my butt out of bed. <laughs> I'm not a morning person. And I, I tell the kids that's my sacrifice to the Lord, <laughs> getting up early to spend time with him. Because I'm not a morning person and God knows that. And um, a few weeks ago, um, I was struggling to get out of bed. And I literally, I out loud told myself, no, you ask your kids to do this. Get your butt out of bed and go do it. Because I wanted to stay where it was warm in my comfy little bed. But sometimes we have to do that. We have to be our own best hype person, right? Come on, you got this. Do it. 
Self-control for me is getting a water when my body is like, Dr. Pepper. It's a real problem, I'm telling you guys. Discipline for me is getting up early in the morning to go spend time alone with God, even though my body's like, just stay in bed. It's fine. You have nothing to do today. You can do it later. Aaron and I learned quite a few years ago that the whole resolution thing don't really work for us. <laughs> Instead, God led us to a new way of thinking about the new year, and we sum it up in one word. One single word that will encompass all the growth for the new year. And then we, we pray about it in the months leading up to it, of, to the new year, and um, then we come together and we talk and we pray some more. And the cool thing is, is they usually line up. There have been a few times where God led us on, like, different paths for the year, but for the most part, we've been doing this since 2016, and um, for the most part, they've lined up every single year. And I encourage you to give this method a try. One year we got intentional. God called us to be intentional in our marriage, in our friendships, our finances, our relationship with him. That one word, that was 2017. It was also the year we, um, we took our uh, Dave Ramsey financial peace class. And it changed our lives. Just that one word. So much growth. So if you're someone who struggles with keeping focused on that one goal, or you like to see growth in all areas of your life, not just uh, you want to be a healthier you, try this. Pray about a word. God, what word do you want me to focus on this year? But don't just pray about a word and decide on a word. Tell people your word so that they can keep you accountable. How have you been intentional this year or this, this week? How have you been intentional today? Because um, they will keep you honest if you ask them to. Trust me. This year's word is kind of a funny one to me. Um, and like f right off the bat, we got like rebrand. And I was like, what are we, a product? But I think after more prayer, it's more of a relaunch or a refresh. The first half of the art year, literally pretty much right in the middle um, Father's Day was right in the middle of the year, pretty much, was spent taking care of Aaron's dad, taking him to surgeries and all the different appointments that he had, and just helping to take care of him. He passed on Father's Day this year, so the second half of the year was spent sorting out all the affairs left behind, cleaning out his house, getting it ready to sell. Then we had some issues the basement was apparently falling down or something, so we had to get that fixed. And then when we went to fix that, um, they're like, you need to move the ductwork. We can't put our, our pillars in. And so then we had to get that taken care of. We listed it in October. And just so you, you guys know how long we've been doing this, we literally just signed Friday. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is giving us a deep, fresh, breath of air, a year of pause and reflection, but mostly a year to enjoy the life that he has given us. We share a parallel with the house that we live in, that God has given us, and I'm going to explain. We're getting our house resided. Now, we have original aluminum siding from the 70s, and with every windstorm, 
I'm telling you, another piece of siding had peeled back or fallen off, and it, it, was, it's look, it looked bad. But I feel like God might be trying to, like, reside us, right? He's like, I'm going to give you a fresh look. He's going to be taking out the old, giving it a faith lift, and making it new, making it fresh. Our house, after many years of not being taken care of by the previous owners, it was a, um, a party house, um, and uh, it was absolutely destroyed when we bought it. From years of not being taken care of by previous owners and us just going, eh, I don't know how to do this nor do I have the funds to do this, it will be getting the love and time and attention it so desperately needs. Room by room, we're going to be redoing the house, much like room by room, God will be redoing and giving our homes a fresh look and a revamp. Some things he will just make better. Some things need a total gut and remodel. God will supply the means to do the work, but we got to do the work. In the same way, we have to do the work in our own lives to achieve our own goals. God will partner with us, but we have to do the work. It's not always easy, and sometimes it hurts. But it's necessary for us to be able to move to that next level with God. Until I got, I, I went through about two years of deep healing, and until... I did that. I don't think I was ready to be a youth pastor, which God called me to when I was 18. There was a lot of stuff that I had to heal from. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard of different levels, different devils. First time I heard that was like a month ago. I was watching a message by Stephen Furtick of the same title, and um, he explained that often Christians will say to get to the next level, they have to fight harder with each new level. He referenced how in Super Mario Brothers, how as you level up, the progressive bosses get harder. He brought up a good point that I latched onto, though. This is not new level, new devil. This is new level, same devil. He referenced 2 Samuel 21, um, 15, and I'm, if you ha aren't familiar with it, I would encourage you to go and read this story. But it talks about David being at war again with Philistines and a Philistine giant. Again, with the same people, over and over, trapped in this cycle of defeat, fight. Defeat, fight. Kind of sounds like us, don't it? The enemy, he's not creative. To get us to give up, or, I'm sorry, the enemy is not creative, so he uses the same battles to get at us to discourage us, and to get us to give up, to make us weary, as it says David was in that passage. Using my past as an example, I have come at the trauma I face as a teen being bullied from so many different angles that there are literally no more angles he can use. It used to be when I would look back on my teen years, I would be so sad and confused. Where was God when you were being bullied so much? That's what was going on in my head. That's what the lie that was being whispered. Now I know that he was right next to me, waiting for me to come home. 
before I even came to him. He was there with open arms waiting for me. The enemy has used for years my fertility struggles as a way to beat me down and make me feel like God was punishing me or that if I was a better Christian, God would have healed me. You must be doing something wrong if he won't heal you. Especially as I was going about healing ministry and God was using me to heal other people. Why won't he heal me? It took me, like I said, two years of intense, painful healing. There's a lot of ugly crying. But on the other side, I can say with certainty that I know that I know that not having biological children is not God's punishment on me, nor is it a sign of how good of a Christian I am. I believe personally that God's just called me to a different path to motherhood, and that's okay. Now, I'm in no way free of the enemy's attacks. No, there's still quite a few areas that he uh, tries to get to me with. One particular, and I'm being very open and honest right now, <laughs> the enemy usually gets me with, are you doing your job correctly? I don't know if you're leading those kids the way God would want you to lead them. And I don't want anyone coming up to me and going, you're a great youth pastor. Because I know I am. <laughs> and I know that because God has ingrained in every fiber of who I am to reach lost teens. To show them the love that was shown to me by my youth pastors. One of my goals is a total refreshing and renewing of my mind this year. When I was 15 years old, I was diagnosed with ADHD. And again, this is me, right? So if you have ADHD, I'm not speaking, I'm not like saying that this is what you got to do. This is between me and God. But I was diagnosed when I was 15 with ADHD, and I've always had a problem with organization. <laughs> Our bedroom is a mess. Well, my side of the bed is a mess. It's just clothes everywhere. Oh, my gosh. Just clothes everywhere. I've had a problem with uh, focusing. I've had problems with um, getting tasks done. Just everything that you can think of. My, I told my mom that my brain always feels like there's a, a white noise on. Just static in there all the time. There's always something going on. And at the beginning of the month, I said, I, I did something and I couldn't remember and I, I was like, ADHD brain. And God said, stop saying that. I created your mind. I created how it's supposed to function. Start speaking that over your mind. Again, this is for me. So that's one of my goals. Uh, me being a youth pastor has actually helped quite a bit. Pastor Barb keeps me on the straight and narrow. I have deadlines. And it's good that I, I have deadlines. It's helped me become more organized. I reach goals a lot better. 
I mean, obviously, it's not just Pastor Barb. There's a lot of people involved and definitely the Lord, but that is one of my biggest goals um, this year, that God is going to take out the bad and put in the good. And I'm really excited to see. Laramie always said if I was on Adderall, I'd conquer the world. So it might, it might happen, guys. I don't know. As I close, though, I, um, I want to bring it back around to the main point that I believe God wants us all to grasp. Step one, determination. Set in your mind, you will do it with God's help. There's a singer, Tim Timmons. We went to a conference one time. And what was it that he said, Laramie? That's right. Yeah, keep that in your mind. Step two, have a good support system. So important. I have my family, of course, but I have my church family as well who, you know, keeps me encouraged in the Lord. You guys, Dan and Martha Joe, Pastor Norm and Pastor Barb, Sarah, Troy by proxy. Many, many people here, if I listed them all, we'd be here another 20 minutes probably, that are part of my journey in this life and who encourage me and I get the privilege to encourage them as well. Step three, you're not going to like this, but practice self-control and discipline. Start with little things. Sometimes on the way home from work, I'm like, you know what? A burger from McDonald's sounds real good. And I got McDonald's money. But I'm trying not to eat fast food so much. So I have to physically say, you are going to drive past McDonald's and you are not going to get a burger. Sometimes it works. I live half an hour away. If I'm hungry, I can make it home. It's not like it's like dire. Aaron's like, just get the burger. And I'm like, you're the worst support ever. Come on. <laughs> Tell me no. It's very hard for him to say no to me. I mean, look at how cute I am. Point four, and this is probably the most important one, I would say. Remember that the enemy is not creative. Our God is creative. Look at all the different types of people he made. But the enemy is not. He will use the same thing a thousand different ways to get you distracted from the life that God has for you. He will come at it from every angle he possibly can to get you distracted. But when the enemy comes around, remind him of his future. Just like that song that we sing, we're fighting a battle that's already been won, right? If you are a Christ follower, you're living kingdom living. You are strong because God is strong. <laughs> Say that to yourself like that, you know, like Charlotte did as she was coming up behind me. You're coming up behind the enemy going, I am strong because the Lord is strong. 
And his spirit is the same spirit that lives in you. I want to pray for everybody today. Not only that you reach your goals, but more so than that, that you learn this year, and next year, 2024, who you are in Christ, because it gives you so, so much authority, I think, when you wake up and you say, I know exactly who I am. I don't know who you think you're talking to. I say that all the time. Like, I'm like, oh, pff, seriously? You're going to come at me with that? Nope. I know who I am. I know who I was created to be. So if you'll join me, I, I want to pray for you guys, and, um, and then I'll close in prayer. But Generally, Father, I just, again, I thank you. I thank you for this coming year. I pray that um, the goals that we are setting, that they would line up with the goals that you have in mind for us, God. I pray that in this coming year, as we face battles, as the enemy tries to come at us, that we remember that we are strong because you are strong. I pray for everyone here that they are able to grow closer to you in this coming year. And I thank you for each one of them for seeking after you, God. As they get closer to you, bless them, Lord. Show up in their lives in ways that they don't even realize that you can show up. And I thank you for that. And as we leave this place, God, I just pray that you would keep us safe in our comings and our goings. Keep us safe in our plans for the night. And bring us back together to worship your name again. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, um, before everybody leaves, it's not working anymore. Uh-oh. Can you go to, just go to the next slide? I was just going to, it just says Happy New Year again. Um, I just wanted to say um, thank you guys for the honor and privilege to bring God's word to you guys, and uh, <laughs> I'll see you next year. I had to do a dad joke. I had to.